Welcome to Taking Sides. This is your host, Al Walsh. You can follow me on Twitter at 14.8.walsh. Joined here, as always, by Paulie Parlays. Make sure you give him a follow there on Twitter at GameDayFacts. And, of course, follow the show at Taking underscore Sides. Paulie, as you just mentioned in the pre-show, I can't believe that we're in week five already. But here we are, and God damn it, week four was a glorious one. I'm clapping. I'm clapping. Because, you, dude, we, we, we both nailed it. We both had great weeks last week. Um, even though we were we, – it was funny because this always happens, and we talk about it. The games that we both like usually hit hard, and then we're very, very even whenever we, we, we do take a side. Um, but I know you had a little better week than I did last week, so let's uh, – if you want to talk about it a little, I'll just keep it short and sweet. My top four games, I went three for four. So, you know, it's usually a good week when that happens. But I know you had some parlays and stuff that hit hard while I went four for five on three different parlays. I actually, I took the poly parlays method there in week four. I don't know what it was. Like, I, I, you know, and again, I really did not. I had a really bad week one and two. So trying to parlay things uh, here this week was definitely definitely odd but I was feeling it I won the Cincinnati at Notre Dame game on Saturday and I said all right I got a little bit of extra money here let me get wild and then so I did a couple of parlays uh my main base of them was Washington and Indy uh almost almost threw my damn laptop across the street when they called the the rough in the pass or the personal foul whatever on Chase Young uh, and then Atlanta goes down and scores, makes it an eight-point game. Luckily, Washington was able to get a touchdown, defensive stop, and then uh, another touchdown there at the end. So that right there was pretty big. That was like a two, three hundred dollar profit there. Uh, I nice. also, so I saw uh, at the last second on Caesar Sportsbook that they gave me uh, like a free twenty-five dollar credit, and I got I gotta say thank you. We always uh, have Caesars around here. But that uh, that led me to do a base bet where I had uh, Washington, Indy, and then Jets money line. Uh, so I also had to do another parlay too, where I did Washington, Indy, Giants money line. I could not take the Jets and the Giants in the same parlay, but if I did, it would have been unbelievable. Uh, and then also too, I had another huge parlay going, and I hit everything like it included the same things. Jets money line. Um, I'm sorry, that had Jets spread, Giant spread, in addition to Washington, Indy, even had Kansas City money line, uh, Buffalo minus seven and a half. And the only people that kept me down were the Detroit Lions. I put them up to plus seven and a half, and Goff threw it, uh, an interception there at the end, and that was the only thing that kept me. That would have been that would have been like in the thousands profit right there. But um, you know, that was that was a smaller. That was a smaller uh, parlay there. So uh, most of them hit, though. It was very good. Even DFS, I only put in $32 in DFS, and I got back like $620. So that was a great profit. I hit second place in that one. Uh, and then uh, Monday night, the Chargers, man, just absolutely giving me a heart attack there in the fourth quarter there against the Raiders. But obviously took that one there as a solo bet. But all in all, just a great week. And then uh, – I lost with the Yankees last night, so there you go. <laughs> I lost. I lost with the Yankees, but only in my heart, not at the. Yeah. How, how do you feel about that? Would you rather make it to that one game wild card, or you know, are you like my, just 
downtrodden. I, it's hard because, like, okay, now the Yankees are going to say, oh, we made the playoffs. I don't consider that making the playoffs. But technically, it counts as making the playoffs. Um, I'm happy that they lost as a Yankee fan because it shows you all of the flaws that are in that team that need to be improved this offseason. You know, yeah, like, like it, it's not like they're not spending money. They're just spending money improperly. The fact that the Rays spend a third of what they do and are clearly better than them says it all. I don't know what the country to country travel, you know, restrictions are nowadays, but I'd be getting Tanaka back on that first flight, man. Love me some Tanaka. The the minute they didn't re-sign him, I'm like, that's the worst thing they did this offseason. Like, yeah. oh, let's not pay Tanaka. Let's bring in uh, Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone. And I'm like, eh, eh, I don't know. Tanaka's Tyone. pretty good. Tanaka was but pretty like, nice for a while. The thing, the thing with Tanaka is he's he's just, he's okay in the regular season. What makes, what I really loved about him is he's a clutch pitcher where uh, the $324 million man wasn't so clutch, was he? Not last night. Uh, I wrote up an article for uh, Awesomeo yesterday for that game. I also wrote one up here uh, for the NL wild card that we're seeing here. But I had uh, Cole under six and a half strikeouts, which was actually under, under three innings. You had him under three innings. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. <laughs> the uh, under strikeouts was plus one thirty on DraftKings, uh, and then I actually had Eovaldi uh, over the five and a half there at minus nice twenty. Call. So that's great, it wasn't. Man. You know, I of course I didn't put as much money on those as I put on the Yankees. You know, so I kind of like eased the loss a little bit, but. It, it certainly wasn't enough. It evens out a bit. Let's, uh, you know, look, you're, you're, you were like even Steven last night. Who doesn't love even Steven? Even Steven. I got my Seinfeld shirt on tonight. That is a beautiful segue. Um, I mean, I don't know how we get segue out of that and Thursday Night Football. I'm very similar. Excited about- you know, we're recording on Wednesday. So guess what tomorrow is? That is Thursday. That is Thursday. No, I was thinking more like more or less along the uh, the Seinfeld line right there. But all right, I know that we got listeners on the West Coast. They don't know shit about Seinfeld. So we are just gonna get into Week Five here. Uh, great Thursday night football game here between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. We're seeing the Rams as two and a half point favorites at most books, with the total all the way up at fifty four and a half. Now. Uh, I wrote about this game on us-odds.com. Make sure you check that out. Three best profit, uh, three best prop bets uh, in that game. We're, we're certainly going to discuss them in this one. But uh, I got some off-the-wall plays here. But, Paul, what do you think about a side in this game? Freudian slip there. I'll take yeah. some profit. I'm in. <laughs> um, so I, my side here is that... I love the Rams. They're my team this year. I just bought a new Rams hat. I sent you the picture. You did. So so it's hard. I think the number is about right. But what I ultimately bet in this game is I tease Seattle up. Um, okay. Where uh, every any game that includes the NFC West, that's essentially my move, is tease the underdog up because these games are all going to end Likely within three to seven points. So yeah. that there's two of them this week, and those are two legs of a teaser that I that I've already put in. Um, so the long and the short of it is, I think it's a complete toss up. Seattle's at home; they can win the game. The Rams, I think, are the you know top three team in football, but 
gimme Seattle with an extra six, seven, or ten points, and I'll and you know, and and I'm probably good either way, no matter how this game ends. So this is a start. So last week, uh, Bo, all the NFC West teams played each other. And I think that this matters uh, for this game here, especially on a short week. I know everybody's going to be hanging out there on the West Coast. You know, we'll, we'll get all the way up to Seattle. But you know, you know how games go after a divisional opponent. You know, you're just you're a little more you got hit a little harder that day. Uh, things are just going to be a lot slower throughout the week. And of course, less preparation here. Uh, my favorite play here is under 54 and a half points. I'm sure we're going to see that go down. I've seen plenty of people talking. I should probably grab this right now. Uh, <laughs> but they, I've seen a lot of people talking about it already. Uh, I, I told you guys I wrote about it for U.S. odds. Great stat in this one. Russell Wilson has thrown for under 300 yards in 17 of 18 career meetings against the Rams. Now, of course, uh, you know, teams change, philosophies do, whatnot. You still know Russell Wilson. You got plenty of game film on the guy. So, you know, we kind of saw this. The Chargers defense is actually really good against Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes. Those guys don't throw for a lot of 300-yard games as well. So I think the familiarity, the short week, uh, just kind of the bang them up divisional game that these guys both had last week, I think that we're going to see a much slower pace. And these guys already run a very slow pace. I saw a number today. Uh, I believe Frank Amarante talking about it there on Twitter. but Rams, I think, running the 22nd fastest pace in the league. Seattle, 31st fastest pace in the league. So let's have that under, baby. I, all that makes a lot of sense to me. But, you know, this is one of those games where it was – so what you said, that these teams played the opposite – you know, one of the other opponents from their right. division last week. Full round robin. And, and the fact that they're back-to-back is crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. the NFL – is just like kind of messing with with the NFL schedule makers and what they did to this division, which is arguably the best division in football. is 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 crazy to me that you you're coming off playing one one of you know these these really good teams. Three days later, you're playing another one. Um, so I totally hear what you're saying. makes makes a ton of sense to me. Um, what other props do you have on that game? Because like I said, all I have here is Seattle teasing them up. Uh, again, with Russell Wilson, I was just talking about, you know, how he wasn't really passing for too many yards against the Rams. I'm going under uh, 271 and a half here. And I think this is interesting, too, already with the pace that they play at, it, you know, second slowest there in the NFL. Uh, Chris Carson might not even be available for this one. So Alex Collins, not that great of a receiving back. You know, he's going to get his runs, his touches. I already scooped him up in fantasy. If you, if some of you guys haven't done it this week, I would certainly do so. But I just think that, you know, again, you probably want to keep that Rams offense off the field. You know, Seattle's defense is no longer the Legion of Boom. They are certainly not that. So the longer that you keep Stafford and, you know, those deep threats that he got now, Cooper Cup, you know, former Washington, uh, where'd he go? Eastern Washington. He went to uh, trying to get the, the home town. But I would expect the, the Seahawks to kind of, you know, make sure that this is a slower paced game so that they don't get blown out of the water here. In terms of the side, I'm really not confident in it. The, you know, the line there is a little weird with, uh, you know, Rams favored by two and a half. So I'm going to stay away from that. But uh, another another prop bet for the game I had too, Matt Gay over six and a half kicking points. 
if we believe that the under is going to take place, then let's let's let the the field goal kicker get in the mix here too. Uh, fun fact here: he's got he's already got two field goals in each of the first four games this season. So if we put together you know two touchdowns, two of those field goals, there we go. We got him right there, and the odds are at one twenty right there on Caesar Sportsbook. We love fun facts here on Taking Sides. That's that's like that's like our favorite thing. Fun facts get you get you get you to one place and one place only, and that's to place a bet. More fun facts, please. So, from what uh, you said before, we, we I just came up with a new segment while we're on air. So, when you come up with something and like while you're talking about it, betting while broadcasting, you have to place the bet while we're recording. BWB means something in a lot of different circles, but it's betting while broadcasting. In this, uh... Betting while broadcasting. So, you, well, so you're going to go do that. You're going to go make your under bet right now. Of course. All right, let's get to the Sunday morning game. This is an interesting one. We've got the Jets. We got the Falcons. It's taking place at Tottenham Stadium right across the pond. Jets are the underdog here. Falcons three-point favorites. Uh, we got a total of 46 in this one. Now, the public has taken notice of the Jets. Now, I did it last week, but are, are the people behind on this one? We're going to find out because we've got a big difference of bets here. Now, it's more or less 50-50 in terms of how many people are betting it, but 80% of the money right now is on the Jets at plus three. A lot of people betting Jets money line too. 85% of the bets go in that route. 60% of the money is as well. I just think too many people. I mean, I, I, I don't have the X's and O's analysis for this one across the pond, but I just think too many people are giddy off the Jets last week, and now they gotta make that trip across the pond. I've said across the pond four times already. Yeah, where, where, where is this game being played? Tottenham Stadium. Um, so where I sit on this is initial. My initial thought was. I'll take the Falcons minus three because I because of what you're saying. Oh, Jets won a game. Everybody's now going to be on the Jets. Um, you know, it, it's constant overreaction. What you know? Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Um, so that makes me like Atlanta, but I think both of these teams are hot garbage. You know, they're both vying for a top five pick. Um, so the only stat that I could possibly find that gives you, me, and other betters any sort of advantage. We talked about in our in our pre-show, which is when games are played either at Tottenham Stadium or what what's the other stadium in in London? Uh, Wembley. In Wembley. So that's that's, all, that's the that's the house that the British Bulldog built. Yes. So the Wembley games all go under. The Tottenham games all go over. So I'm on the over here. Plus we have two very very bad defenses. So you know you said it's it's 48 if I'm remembering. What'd you uh, say 46. the number was? 46. 46. That's even better. Uh, you know, like, right, it is. 46 yeah, is better yeah, than 48 yeah. if I'm taking the over. <laughs> um, so I'll probably take the over here. You know, I could see, a, you know, 27, 24, which is way over. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, so so that, 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 that's really my only lean is, is, is on, on the over. Um, but I'm probably not even going to watch this game. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the second half, like I get it. Oh, oh, great. We get to wake up first thing in the morning and watch a game where normally we have to wait till one o'clock, but it's such a bad game that like, I'm yeah. going to run some errands. No, nah, my girlfriend's going to love that. I'm going to be glued in, man. It's Jets Falcons, bro. I mean, how could you not now? 
that you told the people about that stat over at Tottenham Stadium, then now I got to be involved in it. Now you got to bet the over and, uh, you know, be like, honey, we can't go pumpkin picking. Sorry. Well, I got to tell you that, I, I mean, you know, I really like the Falcons in this one. I see way too much money on the Jets. I've seen this plenty of times. The Falcons, listen, they've played some pretty good football here in the last two weeks. Uh, they got the win on Eli Manning Day. Uh, at the Giants, then they, you know, lost that game right down the stretch against Washington, albeit being helped by the referees in that one. I still won't forget that one because you almost screwed me, Zebras. But I, I like the Falcons. Uh, I just think that their offense is going to be a little more solid here, right? Jets' defense were, were a little sus on them. I know that, listen, they had seven sacks on Ryan Tannehill last week. I know this because I played him in DFS everywhere, and I told the rest of the people to do it. That was the $2,000 defense of the century right there last week. You played the Jets last week? Damn right I did. Minimum money, bro. And the Titans were missing both of their uh, the two best receivers. Yeah, I got you. Good oh, job. That's why, that's why you got rich last week. He's a wizard. All right. I'm going to let you pick the first 1 o'clock game here, Paula. Ooh, that's a tough call. Um, I'm going to go with the – let's go with the two games with the biggest spreads. So let's okay. either do Pats-Texans or Bucks-Dolphins or both. All right, um, let's go Let's go um, that uh, Pats-Texans-Dolphins-Bucks because that's actually the order that I have them on my sheet. That's amazing. That's a, it's like I read your mind. That's amazing. You all um, did. What, say that again? You are a wizard. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, in Griff- I'm in Gryffindor. I'm going heavy with the English accents today. Our Toms over at US Odds, they're going to love this episode. You want to just do the, uh, the whole episode in bad British accents? No, I can't do that. Oh, it's, mine's terrible, so I'm not even going to try. Um, <laughs> Is mine any good, by the way? Uh, no, it's not. All right. But th- that's, it's rubbish. That, that's how bad mine is. That's how bad Rub- it is. Right. I can't even say rubbish, like, correctly. All right. Patriots, Texans. Patriots, minus nine-point favorites in this one. We've had we, – this is the total that we've been living for all week at 39-and-a-half. Uh, it's worth noting Patriots, obviously, getting the bets and the money here. I want to say a little over 60% on both bets and the money here. I'm not thrilled about this game, but I have an interesting take. My take is very simple. Anything less than 10, I'm fine with the Pats. Now you go. <laughs> well, uh, I know the Patriots had two offensive linemen uh, out this week, so this could be an interesting scenario here. Look, I'm not that thrilled about what I'm seeing with the Patriots, to be quite honest with you. I mean, Mac Jones... Um, listen, I know last week what they what they almost did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You caught the boys slipping uh, in some inclement weather there. Uh, you know, it was Tom Brady night. I'm sure he's doing a lot of interviews, a lot of other stuff. Probably wasn't 100% focused. But for the most part with the with the Patriots this year, I'm, I'm just not excited about it. The Texans, they they got a little something. A little something. They kept it pretty close there with the with the Panthers there, uh, you know, in the, the week four Thursday game. And then, you know, obviously just fell apart in that last drive there defensively. But I think that they can keep this close enough at home. I, I 
100% agree with you where getting this game at double digits would be fantastic. How would you not love to get a home team uh, getting double digit points at home? So let's, let's try to get that number there, especially with such a low total too. Yeah. I, the other way I'll consider this is a teaser leg and either way is fine with me. You know, if I can get the paths to less than three or have the Texans at 16, 17, 20, whichever way you want to do it, those, the game probably falls in between one of those areas. So I like that too. Um, also too, the one thing that we have to keep in mind, uh, Belichick against rookie quarterbacks has always been very good. Now, this is the one, this is kind of one of the other angles I wanted to say too. I don't think that the Texans are going to have this big elaborate game plan for their quarterback, right? Most of the time when we talk about rookie quarterbacks against Belichick, we're talking about somebody who's actually going to drive the football down the field. I think the Texans can play, you know, they can run it right at the Patriots and kind of make this somewhat of a choppy, low-scoring game. That's more or less where I'm going with on that one. But, uh, again, we would love to see this at double-digit points for sure. Uh, other big spreaded game here in the one o'clock window, Miami Dolphins at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Bucks, 10-point favorites in this one with a total at 48. All the money on the Bucks right now, about 70% of the bets and the money going that way uh, on the spread. And then in the money line, this is probably going to be your uh, survivor pool pick of the week or, you know, if, if you haven't used the Bucks yet, I know week two against the Falcons. They were certainly a prime candidate there. But what do you think about this spread here, Paulie? The survivor pool pick of the week is the Patriots. I think the Dolphins are live in this game, and I don't know why, but I do. I like the Dolphins. That The fact that it's it, that this is, I believe, the largest spread of the week at 10.5. Um, I think the Dolphins' defense is is underrated. Sure, they had a really, a really rough time last week. You like the Colts. I like the Dolphins last week. Maybe I'm just misrating what the Dolphins are. But I have this game at like a at like a spread of six, not a spread of ten and a half, and that's a, like that's a big difference. Where it's just you we the I also seeing the Bucks coming off a game where there was so much in that game where I feel like this week is almost like their letdown. So give me whoever they're playing plus ten and a half, and it happens to be a team that's sticky and has a really good defense. You gotta burst your bubble on two things right quick. One, they're gonna kill Jacoby Brissett. Two, um, I like so I I know I actually have a lot of like real life dolphin fan friends. So I always see the stuff that they're talking about on Twitter and you know, I see like, you know, the the beat writers that you know they'll tweet or whatever, right? And then I start digging into the tweets a little more. The Dolphins fans are not happy. Like they are they are just livid right now, right? So seeing that from – look, I think that that's a decent fan base, right? Like there's a lot of the, the Dolphin fans out there. These guys watch the games. But I think these people are pissed. Now, watching the Colts against the Dolphins last week, they they look sorry, right? And that was against a winless Indy team. Uh, I did expect Indy with that roster to finally get a W. That was, you know, the the whole desperation angle that I was going with there. But this is, um, I, I think that this is going to be a thumping right here. And the fact that, oh, Paul, you hearted me. But there is, you know, there's like a little bit of of Dolphins backing in this one. I don't know if it's because it's a Sunshine State battle and, 
and they the people think that the the Dolphins are going to be competitive in this one. I just don't see it. I, I don't know what their identity is on offense right now without Tua. Tua so Tagovailoa. Going, so going back to the fans, the fans and why they're angry. It's easy. You took Tua over Herbert, who's like a legit oh. superstar. A legit yeah. superstar versus injured guy who might be good. Uh, they awful announcing a great account there on Twitter. They brought up an old uh, interview that Joel Klatt said, uh, or Joel Klatt had it uh, with Colin Coward. And Klatt on the show said he wouldn't have even taken Herbert in the first round. Oh, I love analysts. They're the best. And like, yeah. it's it's so funny no but that's like what i said last week when we're all when we're talking about the chiefs game and it's like if the chiefs lose this game every analyst on earth knows nothing yeah except myself you know super bowl losers yo i I was brilliant last week chiefs covered (laughs) finally i can't wait to talk about that game that is going to be a fantastic sunday night for the second week in a row um but yeah this is uh this is one I think the Bucks are going to win handily. Uh, the money is speaking right now with with all the money heading that way in the money line. I think I think one guy might have put some decent money on there, and that's that's the only thing accounting for the two percent so far here on a Wednesday. But uh, I will certainly not be going that way. All right, let's let's do another crap game, right? We'll do Titans at Jags, and we'll get these out of the way, and then we'll just steamroll into the four o'clocks from from like really good one o'clocks. All right. It's funny that you say that because I just looked at my board and I'm like, I like all the underdogs, which is so <laughs> unusual. And it, like literally, I'm like, wait, this is the only game I don't like the underdog in, which is crazy for the rest of the one o'clock slate. Literally all of them. I like the Titans. Uh, is it you still got four and a half? I, I, I know the line will probably move, but we're it's Titans by four and a half right now. Yeah. So I've seen four, four and a half, a couple different places out there. But, yeah, I am absolutely uh, loving the Jags here already in the week. Now, I need to know the injury report here on the receivers, right? So the one thing that we checked, I, and I made a conscious effort this week to make sure I got some injury news here in the mix. So It's very important. Say, it really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't say I never gave you nothing, folks. So here on a Wednesday, uh, Julio Jones did not go up on a Wednesday. A.J. Brown did go up on a Wednesday, though. So – Jones, no practice. Brown uh, did practice early in the week, so that means that he's probable this week. I know fantasy owners are really looking for a big week out of A.J. Brown. Really hasn't provided much so far this season. But I think that this could be a good spot for him. Uh, I have not even looked at the DFS board. I would love to do that, too, on a Wednesday, like just have all the DFS stuff ready by then. But it's impossible uh, with the the day-to-day lives that we lead. But I think A.J. Brown could be a nice play here, especially if uh, Julio Jones doesn't make it. But uh, Titans, four-point favorites here. The total at 48-and-a-half. I think that's kind of telling here, too. So the Titans had one rookie quarterback beat him last week. Could it potentially be a, a second week in a row where a rookie quarterback gets his first NFL win? Hell Tune no. in to the NFL next time. Hell, 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 hell no. If, now, do you if, what I was oh. gonna say? Do you think that that makes it more likely because it's so unlikely that two rookie quarterbacks with like the Titans should be absolutely pissed off that they lost that game last week? I know their only other option really was to tie it, but 
they can't they can't let Zach Wilson and then Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars beat them in back to back weeks, can they? They can, but I don't think they will. Like the the Titans are a potential playoff team. The Jaguars are a team that's going to have a top five pick again. Plus all this stuff with Urban Meyer. I mean, come oh, on, I like it. I like it. like like coach your team and stop flirting with girls at bars in Ohio. Like it's it's crazy. Like there's so much. There's way too many locker room issues that you're already a bad team. And I just think the Titans are coming off a really tough loss. Mike Vrabel is is a good coach. Um, if Tannehill has either of those receivers, they're different. It's, they're just a different team. Um, but we knew from the start that the Titans defense was terrible. And that showed that showed up last week. So I think a lot of points can be scored this weekend. But I like the Titans anything less less than six. I do love that that angle right there, the over, the 48 and a half right there that you talked about. Uh, let's talk. I mean, listen, the Jaguars in back-to-back games have looked pretty good. Uh, they had the lead at half against the Cardinals before they kind of fell apart. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw that absolutely god-awful six pick, uh, six pick, pick six when they were uh, when they were winning there actually against the Cardinals. And then you know they kind of fell apart there at the end on you know Thursday night football. Uh, you know, they blew the lead to the Bengals there. So this is uh, this is a team that is on the rise. And let's not forget three three extra days to prepare for this one, too. Whereas the Titans receivers are struggling to get back uh, both with hamstring injuries there for Julio and A.J. Brown. So that could certainly be tough. What's your next garbage contest? Before, before I do, 90% of the bets in the money on the Titans this week. So that's also giving me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, you all love, right, you love uh, that. You love that stuff. It's also Wednesday. It's gonna change. Of course I do, though. But listen, most of the sharps they do this stuff early in the week, you know. So it, it is important. All right, we're done with the garbage games. Now we're getting to the meat and potatoes of the schedule. Uh, Denver Broncos at the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Steelers one and a half point favorites. We've got a total at thirty nine and a half, which actually opened. At 45, so this should certainly be interesting. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, his status is up in the air. He took a little ding to the head last week, all got all concussed up. So we're gonna have to see how that goes. Uh, big difference in the bets already here. Uh, Steelers getting 56% of the bets, while Denver getting 73% of the money here. That's the third biggest uh, difference in you know bets to money this week. And then Chase Claypool hamstring. Uh, injury hasn't played here recently. Limited of practice this week. We got to see what's going on there. But man, these Steelers—they could be in some trouble this week. What do you think? I like that we're calling this a non-garbage matchup it's when you not. have listen. You have Drew Locke facing Ben Roethlisberger, who looks like like a high school quarterback. I I am the bus driver of the Drew Locke fan fan club. Uh, well, it must be a very short bus. It is. That's fine. Okay. Where, look. The, they let me drive a big bus? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're driving a little, like, stock car is what you're driving. <laughs> where where the the difference between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke is, is that Teddy Bridgewater does not turn the ball over. Drew Locke does. I'm not saying that I think Big Ben and that I think the Pittsburgh offense is good at all. I think that Pittsburgh's defense is going to win this game for them. So I'll take the Steelers, pick them minus one, whatever it is, um, solely based on Pittsburgh's defense 
will just they're going to I'm going to take Pittsburgh defense to score a touchdown as a prop this week. And that is just me seeing what Drew Locke has done in his career, what it will typically occur. And that's what I see happening. I see that the game changing on a Steelers defensive touchdown. Interesting. You can and I know right. that, and, and I know, and I know that you're on the Broncos side. I guess because you are the leader of the Drew Lock fan club. Yeah, listen, I I'm, I'm disgusted with the Steelers right now. Like I'm just absolutely disgusted. I know that they can play defense in this game, but I just don't think that they deserve to be the favorite. Uh, we already saw a pretty damn similar defense in the Cincinnati Bengals just absolutely wreak havoc. Uh, on the Steelers, but seeing the total goes down, you know, down all the way down below 40 here, just a touch. Uh, I just, I don't love it. And, you know, again, too, with the money, I already saw this because, you know, the Steelers were favored by three and a half at the open. And then they dropped down here to one and a half. So of course I look into that and I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, this is, this is where we need to be right here. But I just think that the total going down, has more to do with with Denver coming in here and, and taking some names here. I think it has to do with we weren't sure if Teddy was going to play. Now he's not going to play. So Drew Locke will lose the game. Listen, the big thing that you got to do against the Steelers is you got to – I like, I know what you're saying, right? And Drew Locke probably, on the road is so bad. He's so bad. Listen, listen, listen. The one thing that you need to do against the Steelers is throw the deep ball, right? Like with Teddy Bridgewater dumping down and all that kind of stuff, I'm not for it, right? That's not going to work. Like when they're when they're blitzing and doing all that stuff, they're just not that. That's not going to work. You need to beat them over the top, and I think that that's what Drew Lock can do a couple of times. At least give them the threat to do it. You know, listen, the guy might throw three interceptions, but who cares? What? What's Ben Roethlisberger going to do? Capitalize on it? I don't think so. All right. So that 20 seconds right there, that is a clip that we should put on the internet right there <laughs> because that's, that's freezing cold takes in, a, in, a, in about a week right there because he, he will throw three picks and Ben will go down the field and get three field goals out of it. <laughs> uh, so look, we're, we're on opposite sides here. So it is my honor to, to say that I believe we shall take a side ah. in this game. Um, I, I'm going to take the Steelers minus one. You get the Broncos plus one. And uh, when it's a 24-23 final score, it's a push. Yeah, I love it. Cannot wait to have it. All right, this is actually one of the more intriguing matchups of the week. The Green Bay Packers minus three favorites at the Cincinnati Bengals with a total of 51 on this game. Uh, a lot of money on Green Bay here, minus three. 81% of the bets there set uh 57% of the money, though. I, you know, this is kind of funny because the line opened at Green Bay minus six, and it immediately dropped down to three. Uh, Aaron Jones, I know, was limited in practice with an ankle injury. He is probable, though. The, uh, the Bengals are going to get T. Higgins back in this one. However, Joe Mixon, uh, his status is not looking good. He had that ankle injury late uh, in the Thursday night week four game there against Jacksonville. So if he's not going to be in there, that puts Samaj P. Ryan in there. And I don't think that 
you know, at, at least on, on the surface, right? Like, why the hell would Joe Mixon not be in and this game is going to be Green Bay minus three? And there's a huge total in the game, too. So I'm a little intrigued here. I believe we're on the same side here. Can correct me if I'm wrong, but there, there's a lot of intrigue in this one. Oh, I'm very intrigued. Oh, see, 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 see. So, as a Joe Mixon fantasy owner, yeah. Um, so, so I have I have Mixon and David Montgomery on the same team. Me too. So, so, so guess, so so, so guess what happened <laughs> to my team this week? It is a fire sale, literally. Yeah. Get get them get them while they're hot. I, I essentially said, okay, my team is done. It's a keeper league. I've messaged every team in the league and been like, hey, you want you want some non-keepers? Trade me keepers. Because losing those two guys who are like those are key cogs of of the way that I built my team, where even though it seems like Mixon's only gonna miss a week, losing Montgomery stinks. I also have Antonio Gibson, so I have a, a great like difference of a plug-in. Nice. Nice me, stable of backs you got Right? There. So, so look, it's a good thing, but it's in the same problem. breath, like, I've been benching one of them every week. So, I now this week, I'm all of a sudden starting Antonio Gibson and Devin Singletary. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? Like, just think about that. I went from Mixon, Mixon and Montgomery to Gibson, okay, and Devin Singletary. <laughs> at least you have that option. You know what my option's looking like? It's probably going to be... Samaje Pirine. No, I don't have, I actually, so I had Damian Williams. I drafted him at the beginning of the season and I, I dropped him like two weeks mm. ago because my mm. wide receivers and that, like, I was like, all right, Nixon and Montgomery, they're workhorse in it. Like, I don't need to worry about that for now. A uh, little bit of a tight roster stuff right there or tight roster spots there. But uh, yeah, so I don't have either one right now. I'm going with Alex Collins. From Seattle, perhaps, because Chris Carson, you know, might be out tomorrow. 18 carries for 46 yards. We have it. and Something uh, like that will happen. And and Leonard Fournette. So that's looking like my, uh, yeah, my running back situation. But, I mean, my receivers are absolutely stacked. I got Devontae Adams. I got Justin Jefferson. uh, You know, just the, the receiving, or I'm sorry, the running back stable just was not kind to me there. However, yeah, back, I got back to the game. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I think that for for DFS purposes, this is what I think first, like, and first and foremost, this is where this is probably going to be my game stack right here. I think that, you know, there, there's going to be so much mixing and matching here with the Cincy receivers, especially if T. Higgins is involved. You might be, you might even be able to roll a naked Joe Burrow out there this week. You know, with just all the different options that they got, especially, you know, if Joe Mixon is going to be out too. But this sets up pretty nicely for Devontae Adams to have a big game too in the game as well. So 51 was really the one that stuck out to me above all with the total points. But I do think that the the Bengals are are set up to uh, to pull an upset here. So, yeah, I like the Bengals plus the points, but I have no idea why. Like... You know what I'm saying? It's one of those, like, wait, the Packers are good again. Yeah, like, the Packers are good. What are we talking about? Like, sure, week week one is gone. Week one didn't happen anymore. The Packers are now a team that's going to go 13-4, and 14-3. and 
Like it's just going to happen again. Rogers is, is Rogers. So why, why do I like the Bengals? I have no clue. Like Can I maybe, tell you maybe the Bengals are good, I think, but they just lost their best player. So now I don't know if they are. So I think ultimately I'm off. I'm off this game. Cause like my heart says one thing and my brain says the other. So when I get in those situations with games, I'm just not going to touch this one, but it seems like you have many opinions. So let our listeners know. Yeah, absolutely. Again, so one of one of the big things. So uh, the big things I've been doing on Twitter this this year, uh, bargain basement shopping there for the defensive units, right? Because if you're able to get somebody for twenty one hundred, you know, somewhere in the low to uh, 2100 21,000 you know you're able to get guys like um uh, you know like a Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey somebody like that that you can put in your lineup easily uh Bengals defense this week 2500 I know that you know I know everything that we said about um you know the total going over and everything but this is still a defense that is capable of getting sacks interceptions uh defensive touchdowns Listen, we saw the Packers absolutely lay, you know, one of those complete no-shows there in offense in week one. What's to say that the Bengals don't make life difficult on them? And then, you know, this time the Packers put up some garbage time points and, you know, make this a good over. But I think everything that this line is telling us is that we're we're going to see some high scoring and maybe some of it comes from the Bengals' defense this week. Very intrigued. Yeah, 2,500, 2, by the way, they're on DraftKings. So. You're going to put in a defense against Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, why not? I mean, listen, the New Orleans Saints did it. The Listen, the Bengals are very, very underrated, uh, especially Ooh. especially, especially there in the secondary. So. <laughs> Sorry, I just reacted to the baseball game, but I'm ahead of you. Sorry. Oh, it, it was an ooh-ooh, but nothing happened. Don't worry. Nothing okay. happened. Was it a bonnet to him? No, I'm way, dude, I'm so far ahead of you. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that you're on, you're, you're on Scherzer. Mookie Betts is no longer at bat. Yeah, I know. I know that. No, uh, that but, I don't but, know. But anywho, again, like, so this is one of those games that I, I think the Bengals might also be good, like all of a sudden, or they might really be hot garbage and then we should bet the Packers. So in other words, this is a wait and see, let other people bet on it and enjoy the six or seven other games on, on the one o'clock slate. Well, you know what the, the true test is, is to see what's going on with the money line. What is it? Is it still, is it still minus minus two ten? We are at, Oh my God. Yeah. The Bengals are doing this. This is ridiculous. Where is it now? The Packers' best money line is at minus 155. That's light. That's so light. Yeah, right? So, all right. I don't know if you remember, but week one. No, no. Okay. Should we make one of these, like, funky, weird line underdog bets? Like, we'll put yeah. 10 bucks on it. Like, yeah. So, that means we're taking the Bengals. That means, that, means we're, we're, that means we might have to take the Jets. Ugh. Ugh. We, then, we, then we're going to take the Jags. I'm just going to puke. <laughs> But, 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 oh, oh my God. Like, what are we doing here? Well, a lot of people do this. They call it like the can't win parlay. You know, I know Barstool does it. My boy Philly Godfather does it. There are a lot of people that, that always do that. Um, 
but yeah, this this could certainly be some. Yeah, that money line is is disgusting, especially with Nixon's status up in question. Cannot have it. Cannot have it. All right, let's go to Carolina. This one's very interesting. Very, very sneaky. Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers, three and a half point favorites. Total of 44 and a half in this one. I don't know if that's correct. I got to see this here. Uh, yeah, 40, yeah, 44 and a half here. Uh, Panthers getting tons of the love in this one here. Uh, 80% of the bets and 98% of the money are going on the Panthers money line in this one. So when we've got a spread here, key number three and a half, four, uh, I'm, I'm even seeing it there for the Eagles. That has to be dicey, right? Like there's just too much money on the Panthers right now. Stone cold lock of the week. Really? Eagles plus four. Lock of the week. Interesting. I I like the Eagles outright, to be totally transparent here. Okay. Uh, If you you look at the teams that are the reasons that we thought the Panthers were good, they're all hot garbage. I've now used hot garbage more than once on a single podcast. That's More like than across, the across the pond. Yeah. Hot garbage across the pond. That's those <laughs> things today. The reason that we think Carolina is good is because they beat very bad teams, which average teams do. They've also since lost their best player. The Eagles score points, will score points, and just show us every week that their offense is good, their defense is okay. It's good enough. Where I'm just looking at this matchup, and I just don't think that the Panthers can keep up with with Philly. Um, sure, Philly throws in one of these games every like once every quarter is kind of the way I look at 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 the Eagles. One out of every four games, they play a game and they look like the worst team in football. The other three, they're competitive. I'm hoping this is one that they're competitive, and I like them plus four. I also like the money line against the team with without where where Sam Darnold is your best running guy. So Panthers coach Matt Rule did say, I'm going to do the air quotes here. He said that McCaffrey, quote, unquote, looked real good in practice this week. That on great riding the exercise bike. That on Wednesday today. Now, it's going to certainly be interesting, right? Because the Eagles, I don't know if you've been watching a lot of their games this year. They are getting absolutely gashed against the run, right? Like, they have absolutely no run defense whatsoever. I know that it was highlighted against the Cowboys in that Monday night game. Did not go much better for them last week. But uh, I am, you know, it's certainly, it's nerve-wracking to see all that money going against Carolina. Their defense didn't look pretty good last week either. So, I mean, listen, this could wind up being... Uh, a nice high-scoring game, although we did see the total go down three points from the open from 47.5 to 44.5. But it's going to matter what happens with Christian McCaffrey this week. If he plays, I think that that kind of changes the dynamic there. I mean, listen, if Chubba Hubbard wants to run uh, wild uh, against the Eagles' defense, I, you know, great. I don't think he's going to do it. But uh, if Christian McCaffrey's in there, I think he's absolutely going to expose that team. BWB, Eagles locked in. <laughs> the three, two. Jesus, space is loaded. Ugh, I'm so far good. ahead of you. Stop talking about the baseball game. Let's do football. What's next? I hope, I hope you're a commercial. 
Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings this week. You, you realize that I could tell you what's happening, and I'm not, and then you're telling me after it already happened. <laughs> no, no, no. Lions at Vikings. Vikings 7.5 with a total at 49 this week. Did not expect that to see that. 50-50 of the money is on the bet. Slight lean for the Vikings at 60% on the spread. Uh, I actually wrote about this one for U.S. Odds this week. It's a line that I took early. Uh, wrote about to get Lions plus eight this week if you could. Uh, I know it opened at eight and a half, but again, divisional game. This is, you know, the the Detroit Lions are playing some pretty good football. They've pretty much been in every game. Uh, last week, I know they didn't cover the spread, but you know, late interception really changed the course of what happened there in the spread. So. I just think that this is too much, uh, too many points for the Vikings to cover this week, especially after a loss there. What are you thinking? So the Lions are the only one of my top five games that I lost last week. I loved the Lions plus three and a half, and I love them again at plus seven and a half. Anything more than seven, I see no reason not to take the Lions. Um, they're, they're great at the backdoor cover. It didn't happen last week. But like every every statistic said they should have covered last week. They just didn't. So I'm on the Lions again. Anything more than seven, uh, lock it in. And, you know, look, what's the saying? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, <laughs> shame on me. That's what this is. If the Lions lose again where I'm taking them plus the points, shame on me. And then I'll probably be off them for a while. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's fair. Because I'm in the same boat, right? I, I think that, you know, Minnesota is a nice team. They're probably going to be able to move the football against Detroit. And I certainly wouldn't love that. But I think that Detroit is a good enough football team to certainly cover this. Now, we're looking into the territories to kind of inflate the spread, make sure that we're getting the 13, 14, something like that. That would, that would be much more of a uh, desirable spot there. But, uh, I think I might actually have both sides of this one, you know, maybe a little bit of, you know, Minnesota money line or something like that in a parlay. But, uh, you know, if I got to go somewhere, it's definitely Detroit with those eight points. Lions teaser like that too. Indeed. All right. Uh, last one o'clock game of the window. Uh, we're going to be talking about the new Orleans saints and the Washington football team. Uh, Saints, the slight one-point favorite here with the Washington football team here. Uh, slight there on the money line, plus 110. Total of 44 in this one. Uh, pretty good underrated defenses in this one. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if we're looking about the bets and, and you know and where all that's going. 75% of the bets are on New Orleans while we're seeing about 50-50 uh, the money in that territory. The money line is basically the same exact thing. I kind of like Washington here, and I, I you know, I got to go against where all the money's going with the bets, but they are at home, and listen, I think that defense is going to come up big against Jameis Winston this week. I like to find a home dog every week, and I can't figure out why the Washington football team are an underdog here. So this is like my home dog of the week. It's so slight, but it still counts. You know what I'm saying? Where yep. I don't understand. Yeah, it already happened, Al. <laughs> <laughs> what did you see? Did you see my face? Because I'm being so nice to you and not telling you what's happening, and then you get excited. You keep looking up too, and I'm like, shit, the inning's not over. 
anyway, uh, so so for those of our listeners, Al is on a delay watching the the, the National League playing game, um, and I am I am in real time. So yeah. I see it, and then I try not to react, and then I wait for Al to react, and it's pretty funny. Um, it's crazy how Long Island has better technology than New Jersey, but who knows? Correct. Come on, of course. Um, but yeah, so Washington football team is the my like favorite home dog of the week. Um, I can't figure out why they're an underdog. If you can tell me why they are, maybe you can change my mind. Um, but I like Washington football team uh, money line this week. Yeah, who knows, right? Like this could very well be, I mean, Jesus, we see this in football every week. A team loses a hard, a heartbreaking game. The team who's who gets the emotional last second win, you know, they come out flat the next week. Maybe it's something about that. Maybe it's something about the desperation there for the Saints. Uh, we do know that historically they're not a great outdoor team, right? Although they did go to New England and absolutely dominate. They dominated there in week one. Maybe this is the new Saints team. Uh, I do think that, you know, again, Jameis Winston is the quarterback, though. And listen, Sean Payton has really been masking this guy, right? I don't know what the hell is this guy's problem, Jameis Winston, but he didn't even target Alvin Kamara last week. You gotta be kidding me, man! Especially against the Giants and that weak linebacking core. I think we talked about it on the show with Martinez, you know, not being there. Like this was a this was a situation that they should absolutely smash in that spot, and they and they gave it up. But the telltale sign of it was that all the money was going on the Giants plus seven and a half. So to kind of have that to kind of have that information was was great. But it was funny though, even though I didn't like. The Saints in the game, I had Alvin Kamara in my smash spot DFS lineup last week. So that was certainly nice, but you know, he, he still didn't catch any passes, bro. Didn't even get a touchdown. I think the biggest way that I look at this game is the Saints just lost to the Giants. The Giants suck. Washington football team is better. Same division, similar teams. So why were the Saints favored by seven and a half over the Giants? and are only favored by one here. Something doesn't add up, so give me Washington football team. Yeah. By the way, I was just checking out the uh, the list of running backs on, on DraftKings. It's like it's a cemetery or like a hospital with all the cues that are on there for the running back position. Pretty much everybody's got the, the cue tag on there, so be aware. Be aware, folks. All right. That's, that's it for 1 o'clock, right? Which yeah, is, let's 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 move it to four o'clock. Of course, we have to start with the best rivalry in the area, the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I have actually seen this one. Geez, we got to go back to the board here because I've seen quite a bit of movement. But uh, we're seeing the Cowboys as seven and a half point favorites total right at fifty two and a half there. And then we're looking at the money line. Uh, Cowboys there minus three fifteen, while the Giants are at plus two sixty five. Now, the the Giants to me seem pretty. They seem comfortable there on the spread, but I don't know. You know, seeing the money line right there with with the Cowboys minus three hundred, that's not you know that's not making me feel too good. What what do you like in here? Giants plus seven or higher. All right. I, I simple, easy, seven or more. Give me the Giants plus the points. The Giants are a sticky team. 
whether it's three, four, six, seven, if you, you're going to give me at least a touchdown in a divisional game um, where the Giants finally look somewhat like a football team, uh, ten, 10 times and 100 times on Sunday. Um, there's nothing I don't like about the Giants plus the points. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think that they will keep it close enough where if I need to buy the hook to get it to seven and a half, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, I think that this could be one of those games where maybe we go Giants, you know, plus 10 and a half, plus 11 and a half, something along those lines uh, as part of a four o'clock parlay there. Although I got to admit, man, I got to get better about this in the four o'clock window where where things are going on and you kind of just like lose yourself there. And you're like, oh, man, I didn't even get my four o'clock games in. And they started. Got to get better at that. Got to get better at that. All right. So you want to know a way to avoid that? You have to be uh, a slight a slight degenerate like me where you where you do three parlays. One is your best bets. One is one o'clock games and one is four o'clock games. And after that. And you get them in early in the week every time to make sure that you have those three bets every week. All right. That is what – we can work it out. We can even do it together. It'll be fun. Where, <laughs> I like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. best bets, we'll take two of mine, two of yours, put them together, figure out what we both like at 1 o'clock, find four games, boom. One, then 4 o'clock, there's only four games. Uh, so that's usually like, all right, maybe do that and then have either the Sunday night or the Monday night – on the back end, so you can hedge. Dude. Um, yeah, th- the line was so weird here, opening at five and a half, uh, again, up all the way up to seven and all that stuff, but just just interesting to see that there. Uh, not, not really much going on with the money there in terms of, um, you know, diversity. Everything's going on Dallas here, so... Perhaps, perhaps we get a backdoor cover here from Danny Dimes and the Giants. Actually, a lot of my girlfriend's friends went to that game in New Orleans for a bachelor party. The the Instagram videos and all that kind of stuff. Time of their life with the Giants getting the money line win there. Could you imagine? That's awesome. I, I love that. So, uh, sh- so, so shall we head west or shall we head east? Well, let's go west, of course. We'll, we'll keep going back and forth. Well, the only place to go is West. I wrote the Bears down. Who do the Bears play? They're, they're <laughs> in Vegas. Oh, my bad. Let's go West. Well, let's go to Vegas. I like that one. We got Chicago. We got Las Vegas. Uh, Raiders, five-point favorites in this one. They are getting pretty much all of the bets and the money. Uh, 70% of the bets in, uh, in favor of the Raiders. 95% of the money heading that way there, too, on minus five. Uh, this could get interesting though, because the Raiders money line opened at minus 295 all the way down to minus 225. And that's still getting all of the bets, all of the money. So could the Justin Fields era begin in Las Vegas this week? Oh, it will begin. It will. It's It's happening. Uh, this is happening. And, uh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So. We're gonna bet the we're gonna bet the Bears. I like it. I like, I like it. I like look, Andy Dalton's a nice, nice quarterback. Nice quarterback. But Justin Fields can be a difference maker, which we're hoping he is. Um, you know, where his first game as the starting quarterback, the Bears offense looked like not like an NFL offense. 
Um, but everything here says to me, take the Bears plus the points, even without David Montgomery, which is, which is tough. Um, and the other thing I can't figure out is where is Allen Robinson? Like, where is he? So I think that they'll make sure to get their best receiver involved this week, um, which will only be good for Justin Fields. Um, I, I, just, I, I just don't trust the Raiders. I, I think they're a 500 team. I don't care that they started 3-0. and um, That doesn't matter to me. They, I think they showed their warts last week, and that's more of the team that they actually are. Um, so I think we're, uh, we're probably getting a field goal game here. So give me the Bears plus six. Yeah, we saw a similar line uh, with the Raiders when they hosted the Dolphins, I think, back in week three. Uh, a lot of people were wondering, you know, what the hell is going on here? Why, you know, why are the the Dolphins, uh, you know, this low of an underdog? But they, they showed why, you know. They took that game to overtime, and boy, it was wild. Uh, we might get something like that again this week. I, I, I actually really like Justin Fields for DFS this week. Um, you know, we're talking about a dual threat guy who doesn't have a starting running back. I'm sure we're going to see plenty of uh, pass plays going there to Damian Williams, who was the main pickup this week in in uh, season long fantasy. By the way, somebody spent 73 of their hundred dollars uh, fob on him this week when I when I had David Montgomery. So that's special. What did you bid? Uh, Thirty six. Okay, you did not, you did everything right. That person is is special. Um, why? Like it was it was last seventy three. So. so he can now make no pickups the rest of the season. Uh, well, yeah, for money. What place is this person currently in? Near the bottom of the barrel. I beat him last week. That's probably why yeah. he, why he threw the fob at it. Uh, maybe he hit the all in button by mistake. <laughs> like that's that's my that happened once in my like home league that's been going on forever. This one guy who's like the the clown of the league, uh-huh. once hit the all in button like it's so it's a it's a it's an auction draft, and he hit the all in button on like a random running back like it's like the eighth person off the board, and we're like, did you just bid one hundred and seventy four dollars on Michael Turner? Love Michael Turner. So look, we we paused it, we reverted back, but the all-in button has happened before. Um, yeah, just to to go back to to Justin Fields for DFS there, fifty-two hundred this week, and we're you know he hasn't even got above ten DFS points, right? So it's the ultimate GPP play, but obviously going against the Raiders and you know seeing what's going on with this line here, I think he's finally going to see some success the total like i said right there 44 and a half you know not a not a great number we're seeing a lot of money a uh, lot of money there go towards the over so that's always a good sign um but yeah listen fields with the legs he's gonna have to be more mobile this week without without the start and running back montgomery so i'm certainly digging that uh all right uh also too i mean this makes it even worse for the raiders uh i completely forgot but uh, Josh Jacobs limited this week in practice with the ankle injury. Peyton Barber also didn't practice this week. That could leave it all up to Kenyon Drake, who's been getting like 0.6 yards per carry for there for the Raiders. So, and again, you already cannot run the football on the Bears. You're going to have to throw it against them. So, 
Could could certainly be a rough day. All right, let's go uh, down to Los Angeles. This is actually a damn good game. Uh, Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. Browns one and a half point favorites uh, with a total there at 46 and a half. Big difference of bets to money. Probably the biggest difference of the week right here. This is on the money line too, by the way. 71% of the bets right now going towards the Cleveland Browns, while 95% of the money right now is on the Los Angeles Chargers. It's certainly very interesting because we just saw the Chargers win that game, the big Monday night game there against the Raiders. Uh, Typically, you see the public hop all over, you know, a team like that that wins in Monday night. But they are loving uh, themselves some Browns in this one uh, as the favorite. I I do not see it that way. I see this as a Chargers win. What say you? This is a game of two teams that Pauly Parlays hates. These are literally the two teams that like.
Oh, 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 oh,